day ryan happy election day my friend oh uh, so special election day city council district four blah, blah 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 you already know we've told you about that hopefully that our person wins and that everybody else's person loses yes so ryan you had a very interesting idea you want to i talk had about. an idea that i thought would be nice tell me about it um i thought that we could look at our audience and uh offer them. them our throats yes. and uh what our I mean by throats? that are throats. Yep. And friends, so friends, audience, countrymen, lend me your throats. Lend, we'll lend you our throats and you can do with them what you will. So here's what I'm talking about. Um, we want to do oh boy. the share to shout initiative. And what this is, is each week before the drop, we are going to say whatever one person asks us to say up to six seconds of audio. And it has to be within reason. MAGA's need not apply. Yeah. But there's a catch. If you share our episode, so what you're saying is we be like, we'll say literally whatever you want to on the show, or we'll give you the option to record your own message and play it before the drop. Yeah, we get if you can get us your file in a reasonable format. And again, you know, you need to have reasonable stuff to say. I mean, get creative with it here. Uh, yeah. We'll say it. But there's a catch. You have to like the episode. You have to like our page. You have to tag somebody in the episode, and you have to share the previous week's episode. So, for instance, to have been eligible for us to say your message today, you'd have had to have shared our episode with Mr. Michael Poor. But how could they? They didn't know about this contest. Well, because we just invented <gasps> it. So, contest starts this week. Use hashtag shares to shouts to enter. That's S-H-A-R-E-S-T-O-S-H-O-U-T-S. Shares to shouts to enter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Uh, we'll pick one person, contact you. And then you give us what you want us to say. The bar will be very low for the first few weeks, I, I, I anticipate. I can say confidently that one thing we've always done on this show is set the bar very low. Amen. Let's do the drop. Yeah. We often hear holly meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu, Ahui Ho. Howley, is a perfectly good word. Welcome again to the Blue White Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And Josh, Ooh. what's your overriding thought from this week? Well, my first overriding thought is thank God our guest had to cancel on us at the last minute because there are literally 
10 million things to talk about. That's true. Um, so, where do you want to begin? How about the internet was a mistake? It was. It, it truly was. Every day validates this more and more. Um, especially social media. Yeah. Uh, so, but podcasts aren't, though. Yeah, not podcasts. Everything but podcasts suck. Uh, um, and all the other podcasts suck but us. Did you hear that uh, we may be getting some new neighbors soon? Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me more. Uh, so, in the latest plan to solve the crisis at the border, uh, our uh, shit poster in chief president, Donald J. Trump, has announced that he is going to bus all refugees coming across the southern border to sanctuary cities. In other words, sanctuary cities are going to serve their intended purpose? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and this immediately prompted uh, an enormous explosion all over MAGA world. Like, haha, we'll see how they like it. Which is like literally the only thing that sanctuary cities have been asking for. Yeah. Like, we'll take these people. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's be it's going to be real different, Nancy Pelosi, once you've got all your new, like, this is, the, this is you know, they're telling on themselves so hardcore, right? Like, the oh, my God, can you imagine having to live next to Central American refugees? Like, I <laughs> oh, that'll really show our political Wouldn't adversaries. Wouldn't it like, suck if you just had to live yeah. next to somebody who was just I would trying trade, as hard as they could? I would trade every single MAGA, not, you know, not all Trump voters, some I assume are good people, but every single hashtag MAGA, hashtag still wearing a MAGA hat person, I would trade all of them for every single resident of Central America. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, like even... MS-13 included. I love MS-13. Compared to MAGA's. Yeah, MS-13. Because at least MS-13 is like a couple thousand people yeah. that you could just easily stop. Like, the yeah. MAGA movement is like... Like, MS-13 doesn't have its own corporate-run media. No, MS... Yeah, MS-13 is... Uh, like they're honest businessmen. I mean, not like literally honest businessmen. It's like, well, but like you know, uh, there's no there's no astroturfing like false flag you know media conspiracies with MS13. They're pretty upfront about what they're trying to do. We're trying to move drugs and kill people. Yeah, at least you know where you stand. What and a know, weird. What a weird. But you know, this is gonna get excerpted onto like why you can't trust liberals dot com. I bet MS13 actually cares about the deficit. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, but. But you know, MS MS thirteen. I'm sorry. In the words of in the words of our president, our country is full. You can't come in. What a dumbass, dude. Uh, clearly, clearly. Well, I know Hillary didn't go to Wisconsin, but clearly he's never been to North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Alabama, Nebraska, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, oh. Tennessee, Kentucky, Idaho. Yeah, like where there's Arkansas. like three people per square mile. Uh, also, can you like the fact like this is another gem, uh, folks? It's been a big week for. It's another big week for anti-Semitism. <laughs> another <laughs> banner, really? another <laughs> banner, <laughs> banner year for anti-Semites. Another, another great week for anti-Semitism. They're having a good run, folks. Uh, <laughs> happy, happy Passover. <laughs> uh, Sheldon Adelson doesn't open his checkbook. Hey, for hey, hey, hey! You can't talk about Jews and money. Ilhan Omar, she already learned that uh, lesson. Uh, uh, you can't mention uh, Jews have or don't have money. You see Sheldon Adelson sitting there with his his yarmulke with the Trump brand on it, like just, just me in the head, jerking just, off to yeah. murder porn. Yeah, uh, most unsurprising. Sorry, so, mom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so before, so this is all. Our, we wrote all our show notes before last night. Uh, the shit poster in chief and his party have basically decided to accuse Ilhan Omar of doing 9/11. Um, so never hashtag never forget. Which is weird. Which is weird because 
that's another big Jewish conspiracy that the Jews did 9-11. That's what I thought. So you got to choose one, Mr. Crazy Right Wing World. Is it Ilhan or is it the Jews? Ilhan Omar basically is the Jews. She is, in quotes, the Jews. Yeah. Never Hashtag never forget until it's time to sell weapons to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, also, Lee Zeldin. Yeah. The no, 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 no. Most, the most unsurprising headline. We have to start how this all started. Okay. Uh, most unsurprising headline ever from the Washington Post. Representative Ilhan Omar called Stephen Miller a white nationalist. Which he is. GOP critics accused her of anti-Semitism. No. Uh, Lee Zeldin, the GOP House's uh, court Jew, oh. uh, who campaigned... With Steve Bannon, he campaigned with Steve Bannon, and is out. He's out here pretending to take offense to anti-Semitism and white nationalism. Which is interesting because I think Bannon's on that Jews did 9/11 train. Well, he wants Jews on a certain train. I don't know about. <laughs> uh, he's been getting the most mileage out of these cheap shots. You know, he's he's been banging the Ilhan Omar as an anti-Semite drum. Oh no, a scary woman wearing a hijab. Ah. He says, during my time in Congress before at Ilhan Omar got here, I didn't once witness another member target Jewish people like this with the name calling and other personal attacks. In 2019, though, for Ilhan Omar, this is just another Monday. I need to tell you a story about oh, this. Oh, you tweet. officially so you officially can't criticize any Jewish person anywhere. Not no matter, if you're Ilhan no matter, Omar. No matter what sort of evil, hateful crap they're doing as as national American policy. So I need to tell you a story about this tweet. Okay. I read this in our show notes and I was looking to nail Lee Zeldin to the wall. I looked at this tweet and then I went to see when Ilhan Omar called Stephen Miller a white nationalist. And I was really hoping because he says, for Ilhan Omar, this is just called Monday. And I it was wasn't really, even on a Monday. It was on a Monday. Uh, and I was going to, oh, I was just ready to say the cattiest response. Like, you dumb bitch, it was a Wednesday. <laughs> That'll show him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I will say this about Lee Zeldin. Yeah. He is a moron. bigoted sellout moron, but he does have his days of the week correct. Oh. Speaking of bad faith, Chris Hayes is right. The bad faith is exhausting. It really. Uh, oh, it's. I think his words were quote punishingly exhausting, yeah. especially because we've been dealing with this now for ten, no, eleven years. Like yeah. eleven <laughs> years. Pretty much since of the moment this. since the moment Barack Obama's hand touched the touched the Bible on the Supreme Court steps. Like it's eleven. Just, our country years. Just, yeah, one one political party has just completely. I don't know. Uh, remember? Oh, you remember Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk coming I down, do recall coming down her. to the University of Hawaii last year? So uh, there was a, you know, there was a, in the wake of Christchurch, Pittsburgh, et cetera, et cetera, House, the House of Representatives decided to hold a hearing on the dangers of white nationalism. And of course, the Republicans, to troll, invited Candace Owens, who Which is, is like, because that's where they yeah. are as a Republican yeah. party. Uh, so she she made two, two beautiful points. Uh, the first point, nationalism isn't, isn't bad. Hitler wasn't a nationalist. Mm-mm. If Hitler wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, that's fine. The problem is he want, he had dreams outside of Germany. Let's just talk really quickly. So the funny thing about this statement is I often hear people... Oh, uh, yeah. Other than it being like certifiably, absolutely just cuckoo bonkers, Looney Tunes insane, is that when I talk with people on the right yeah. and I say, hey, socialism actually would probably work better than our current system... One of the things I often hear is, well, look at the Nazis. They were socialists. They, and you say, no, they weren't. They were like right-wing, authoritarian, like yeah. crazy people. And then they say, no, look, socialist is in the name, National Socialist yeah. Party. But by that same logic, they were also 
nationalist, right? Because yeah. national yeah. is in the name. Well, I mean, we all know. We all know. Look at look at the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Definitely a democratic republic. Look at the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. The people have so much democracy. Look at the Proud Boys, which say they're not Nazis, and they totally are. <laughs> and ain't too proud. Ain't too proud to beg. The second thing that Miss Owens said yes. is that the quote Southern strategy, the post-civil rights era Republican shift to white racial grievance in the South that led to a full political realignment was documented by its architects as a real phenomenon was a myth that quote never happened. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Neither did the Holocaust? No. Well, the other thing, it's just like it's just the 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 whole white nationalist, proud boys, et cetera, all these guys, the thing. The Southern strategy, you know, why we don't need to we don't need to unpack uh how just grossly incorrect their history is look at kevin cruz on twitter any oh, number yeah. of historians have debunked this the thing that drives the, the thing that gets my gear grinds my gears uh grates your cheese grates really grates my cheese i made that up the just pers- now the perspective of uh the holocaust did not happen it was awesome we're gonna do it again yeah it's like <laughs> like it's, okay stop, what's what's crazy stop, though stop is trolling. like they have like they have these like world I'm experts just up there. Questions. I'm just asking questions. They have like this guy whose uh, two kids were murdered in a hate crime at yeah. the same table as this woman who's like, nah, white nationalism's cool. Yeah. And it's like Candace Owens is only famous for being mean and black and stupid. And selling out. Yeah. Like Remember the Christchurch shooter described her as his greatest influence? And she's and, like, No, I wasn't, no, I wasn't, no, and I wasn't. She said she said the MAGA bomber was a the pipe bomber was a leftist false flag. Yeah, like just like and Ben Shapiro, like the the Quebec mosque shooter, like according to the police, like he refreshed Ben Shapiro's Twitter page like every hour. <laughs> that's that's insane. Yeah. But also, so speaking of speaking of the GOP inviting trolling guests in bad faith, they also invited. Remember we I I, I described uh, when we were talking earlier previous previous episode about the worst Jews in America. And this oh, guy was runner up to Ben yeah. Shapiro, uh, Morton Klein of the Zionist Organization of America. Uh, they brought him to the hearing bec- to ostensibly, you know, um, to talk about Pittsburgh was why the hearing was organized. Republicans instead leaned hard into, well, 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 well white nationalism is not the issue. Muslims are the issue. Uh, he called the New Zealand shooter, quote, a left wing terrorist. Of course, of course Definitely. he was. Uh, and Ben Collins on Twitter, Mort Klein is now telling Dr. Mohammed Abu Salha, a man who is at this white supremacy on social media hearing, because he lost his two daughters and a son-in-law in a hate crime about the, quote, aspects of the Quran that promote murder, end quote. And he also said, quote, we need to have Muslims step up. End I quote. just, can you imagine such if... such disingenuous bullcrap. Can you imagine if, like, say, like, you know, Jonathan Feldstein goes on a stabbing spree and, like... That's, Pittsburgh. That's and then, an anti-Semitic fake name. No, and then like Ilhan Omar gets into a congressional hearing and says like, you need to tell the Jews to like step it up. Like that's yeah. insane no, it's just, that it's we're like, telling an entire, yeah, like we're telling one guy like, Get your shit together. No, like, get get all of your people. It's emblematic together. of the of the all the Ilhan Omar nine eleven stuff going on right now. Like it's insane. Any other group? Any other group? Like, you, can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine the Black Caucus doing a hearing? Like, I know they don't have a committee, but like, and like just talking to like anybody in white America and being like, you need to tell your white people to get it together. Like, it's I hope, I hope unbelievable. Ghosts, I hope all the ghosts of Christchurch and Pittsburgh haunt Mort Klein every single night. I just hope they do it in a non-anti-Semitic way. Well, ghosts are, uh, are ghosts anti-Semitic? <laughs> it's a cool question. Just call up the rabbi, ask, hey, rabbi, we have a <laughs> theological question for you. 
<laughs> Moving on a little bit. Yes. Nathan J. Robinson of Current Affairs Magazine good reviewed. Writer. He's pretty good. Interesting he's guy. Pretty good. Uh, you shared this article with me, and I really yeah. liked it. He reviewed three memoirs from Obama staffers, and it sort of helps illustrate the uh, left liberal activists and establishment divide. Um, the article is basically, I, I mean, the theme that stuck out to me the most. Uh, yeah. And it's one that you've brought up here a lot is the worship and adherence to the gospel of Sorkin. Yep. So, uh, civility, bipartisanship. Yeah. So, and so, for those of you at home, that's referring to Aaron Sorkin, who yeah. wrote Newsroom, who yeah. wrote uh, West Wing, most canonically West Wing, 90210. I think he wrote 90210. Something. He wrote a lot. I mean, he's he wrote, a talented yeah. writer, um, famous for his walk and talks. But uh, each memoir yeah. mentioned how Sorkin played a pivotal role in the writer's understanding of how politics is and should be. Which is smart. Very, which is you get a whole bunch of smart people in the room and any differences in ideology or partisanship can be overcome in the best interests of, you know, smart people doing smart things while those, you know, those rubes just don't understand. Well, the problem is uh, kind of what we've seen since 2008 is Aaron Sorkin was not really writing about, you know, GOP crazy world. Um, and he wasn't really ready for the other side, whomever it may be. Constant bad faith. Yeah. He just yeah. wasn't ready for it. So here's a quote about a particularly poignant Sorkin-esque appeal to civility that President Obama attempted. In 2012, long after Messina had been told explicitly that Republicans were not going to be friendly under any circumstances, Obama invited congressional Republicans to the White House for a screening of Spielberg's Lincoln in order to show how political adversaries can cooperate for the common good. Not one of them came. Obama held out hope that a party willing to destroy the entire planet in order to preserve the privileges of the super wealthy would come to his movie nights and work things out amicably. Oh, Uncle Barry. Poor sweet Uncle Barry. So naive. Well, so for me, I think context is really important here. Um, like, not since the literal civil war had one party outright refused to cooperate with the president on anything. Like... We had disagreements, but like what we saw under Obama was a direct reflection of the concentration of wealth and power that's taken our country over since Reagan first decided that rich people don't need laws anymore. No, rich people can govern themselves. Everybody else. Yeah, they've like, got it. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, he was black too. I think that didn't help. It's real scary. Well, I guess the point is, you know, while you can fairly criticize Obama by not picking up the gist of the Republican strategy after it had been directly slash indirectly revealed to him a thousand times. Yep. you I don't think you can fault the guy for trying to bring the two sides together. Also, I think they kind of dinged him on not getting enough done when he had both houses of Congress, uh, which is a fair criticism. Yeah. Uh, but he did start pumping out executive orders during his final year yeah. or two. I mean, like, you, you can kind of see it now. Like, the you know, the, like Nancy Pelosi's priority is definitely not medicare for all or anything no. that would actually help you know real people no uh and so i guess in some it's like did obama do enough for the congress he had absolutely not but again i don't think you can fault the guy for believing that the right would eventually come around after the election high wore off post 2008 his mistake uh and it's kind of thematic of this entire episode his mistake was assuming that republicans would behave in good faith yeah Oh, also another thought I had. Yeah. Um, so as you know, I am a uh, bit of a follower of right-wing craziness. Um, and I it's, wanted to... It's your birthright. It's my birthright. I wanted to bring up um, something I've been seeing lately, uh, which is the right-wing crazy world trying to taint uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. Scary brown women. Yeah. Well... 
radical scary brown women. So I think it's they more than take that. take your money. Because Candace Owens, they're not trying to taint her, right? They're happy. Because oh, she's one of the good ones. Exactly. Like, they're happy. I don't think it's pure race. I think a lot of it is like, I think it's. I think race is a an aggravating factor for the average sure. grievance viewer. But it's like, viewer. don't make me think about my complicity in the oh, world. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, so. Tell me it's all okay. Tell me it's tell me it's the left's fault. Right wing world is trying to taint these upstart progressive candidates, and I think they're doing a good job. So here's a little bit of data for you. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in particular, because she's been sort of the obsession of right wing media. She has a 31% favorable opinion nationally and a 41% unfavorable opinion. She actually polls very, very similar to President Trump. So that poll was done February 12th through 28th of 2019, so about six weeks ago, her unfavorability rating was up 15 points Ugh. from the first time that poll was conducted before the midterms, September 4th through 12th, 2018. Her favorable opinion was up too, but only seven points. So she's got a negative 10 favorability yeah. rating. So uh, in this article on CNN, which I found online, Harry Enton, who used to be Nate Silver's right-hand man at 538, had this to say about AOC's ratings. It wasn't always this way for Ocasio-Cortez. After she burst onto the national scene last year when she defeated Rep. Joe Crowley in the Democratic primary for New York's 14th district, her favorable rating was nearly on par with unfavorable rating in Gallup's polling. But as she has become better known, her unfavorable rating has gone up faster than her favorable ratings. Increasingly, Ocasio-Cortez is better known on the right than she is on the left. In the Gallup poll, just 22% of Republicans weren't able to form an opinion of her. 22. That means that means more than three of your mom's four friends have made an opinion about her. Uh, Among Democrats, it was higher. So... Fewer Democrats have an opinion about AOC than Republicans do. 29% hadn't formed an opinion about her. Ocasio-Cortez's notoriety on the right shouldn't be too surprising. Conservative talk radio and television shows speak about her ad nauseum. 24-7. It seems to be having impact, says Hinton. Her favorable rating with Republicans, guess what it is? Three. Five. Ha! 5%. To a 73% unfavorable rating. She is a freshman congresswoman from New York. What's... What's, uh, for comparison, what's Nancy Pelosi's favorability rating among Republicans? I bet it's higher. I would, I would bet it's higher. And so my point is, this is a basic divide and conquer technique. Yeah. Uh, you isolate the most powerful member of an opposition and you inundate your readership, viewership with negative coverage about them to make them form a negative opinion. Sure. And this has been the bad faith um, strategy all along for right-wing media. This was the same strategy that took Hillary Clinton down. By the time Hillary was the name, the nominee in 2016, there was 25 years, yeah. 25 years, longer than many people in this country have been alive, 25 years of anti-Hillary coverage that voters and viewers and readers had consumed. And they knew not only that they hated her, but why. And those reasons seemed immutably valid and true. And the left is not doing enough to combat this. No, because the right wing, the right wing media echo chamber and, uh, is, is the most is the most powerful political force in this country. Well, what's crazy is it's actually not impossible to combat. The way you do it is you spread the resources out, right? You you do like death by a thousand cuts. Like we're going to come at you from every angle. But that what that requires is 
that you have more than three people for the right wing apparatus to attack. You need dozens. You need hundreds. That way you no, can divide the, the coverage right back. The Dem establishment is more concerned with keeping their donors happy and getting reelected. That's the thing. Let me just give you a little more perspective on yeah. AOC coverage. In the six weeks from February 25th to April 7th, that's just like this week, AOC was mentioned 3,181 times on Fox News and Fox Business. Not a day went by in that time that she was not discussed on the networks. More people like Miss Ocasio-Cortez spreads the coverage thinner and takes away the ability of right-wing media to swarm and taint good leaders. Did Enton uh, provide comparisons like how often they talked about, for example, Bernie or... No. Well, the article was just only about okay. AOC. So my point is, it's a crucial failure of the Dems uh, that they're allowing Fox to control the narrative. They're not standing up for her because she's outspoken and anti-establishment. Uh, but this is only ultimately going to hurt them, uh, their constituents, and everybody that they care about as the right continues to pull the Overton window towards them, making it that much harder to enact any legislative agenda that's not, well, what does economic anxiety Eddie think out in the middle of bump Pennsylvania? Oi. But as you say... All that assumes that the person setting the Dems' legislative agenda, Nancy Pelosi, actually cares about anything more than keeping her grandkids' spots no, open the, at Davos. You know how you know how often we hear to, to, to the point about you know the the establishment not coming to the aid of of the of the, the these three freshmen. You know, all we've heard about the importance of you know don't cannibalize, especially like from the establishment directed out to the left, like no intraparty fighting, like don't cannibalize twenty twenty, like keep. Uh, the Center for American Progress, run by Neera Tandon, who is about like as Hillary as Hillary gets, is already putting out Bernie attack ads. Sure. Like one of the most prominent uh, Democratic establishment think tanks, movers and shakers. Like they're already they're already punching left hardcore. Because people with that amount of money and power are don't scared. care about other people. They care about maintaining their money and power. Money. Money, please. Also, while we're on that same vein of radical reformists... Uh, Yes. I have one more brief thought Yes, about a presidential candidate, uh, Professor Senator Elizabeth Warren. We said a few weeks ago, give us a boring Merkel-esque leader. But we are not, I've, I was just thinking about this this week, we haven't really been gushing over Elizabeth Warren. She's, I mean. And she's about as boring and Merkel-esque as they come. And so what I'm wondering is, Maybe that's a blind spot for you and I. I, th I think it, it probably is. She's I love Auntie Liz. She's amazing. But I think also probably the thing that the thing and this is this is completely unfair to her. This is uh, I'm going to admit this is a failing on my, this is this is a moral failing on my part. Fair is especially with all the you know falling into Trump's trap about the Native American DNA stuff and then the way she subsequently like was like. You know, and that, uh, an, an indigenous person would give a better explanation than me about, you know, all the ways she mishandled the fallout from that. I think that combined with what I've seen in the way the media is already treating some of the female candidates in this race and my remaining fatigue slash, I don't want to say trauma, PTSD, my fatigue slash PTSD of 2016 I am just so concerned that no woman can win and that she's a tainted media, candidate. The, not not that no woman can win. Not, uh, I, feel, I say I feel no like woman a, can that the media is against a woman media, right now. The media uh, for, for all a, the women out there, we're very we think that you're very capable of winning, I just for the record. A a a a blonde boomer woman in America with the voting base and the way that 
most Americans get their mainstream media, assuming they're, as we've already discussed, assuming they're not getting it from the right-wing echo chamber that has been blasting, uh, like, Elizabeth Warren, 1,024th Cherokee memes and calling her a deranged socialist, you know, affirmative action. Like, that's going to be the Hillary's emails to the thing that the media, like... They uh, just keep talking about it. Exactly. And they don't yeah. focus on, they don't, yeah, like everything with Trump is baked in at this point. They're only going to focus on. You get on, some woman in Ohio who's mm-hmm. like, well, I would vote for Elizabeth Warren, but what about that Cherokee thing? Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, I just, I feel, don't like that she lied on her, on her application for yeah, college. It's going to be like all the, the worst bad faith merchants in America are just going to pound that drum. Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, I think mean, I want, Whoever does get the nomination, I want them to 100% crib like Elizabeth Warren's entire policy platform. But her herself, like, I think I'm just too nervous to get stoked about. I saw a tweet yesterday that said most of the 2020 candidates don't have a policy section on their website because Elizabeth Warren hasn't written it yet. And I'm like, freaking accurate. She's like, everybody go look at, go. I think it's like elizabethwarren.com. Look at her. I mean, it's got to be something close to that. Right. right? Look at her platform. It's all. She's brilliant. She's, yeah. She's brilliant. She's been, she's been championing the right causes since like day one of her time in office. If she herself does not end up on the ticket, she needs to be Secretary of Treasury or Secretary of Commerce or something. She's got to be a cabinet. She's got to be at the worst. She's got to be. In the cabinet, yeah. attorney general, something. Oh, can you imagine her in Mick Mulvaney's position? Oh, life would be so much better. Yeah. Put uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Yeah. Like, well, CPFB she, or CFPB. She was originally supposed to be... Uh, Didn't she help draft the legislation she, that she, created she, the that CFPB? Was, it was entirely her brainchild. Yeah. Uh, Obama, I think, I believe, uh, was you know, in an effort to appease the Republicans who were going to try to defund it and wreck it immediately because like... Shocker. Uh, it helps the people they don't they do not care about, and it targets people they absolutely want to protect. Uh, he, I think he decided not to make her the head because it was going to, or not to nominate her because that was going to be seen to be too partisan. I thought it was, or I, she herself declined because I read too that uh, they wanted to have her stay as a senator because they were worried that her. Be- seat... I think this was before she ran for senate. This is back in like ten. No, I think well, I've been wrong before, L- listeners. Fact checkers. Listeners, please let us know. I, I'm just pulling it out of my butt here. The The main point is Elizabeth Warren is a highly qualified, wonderful person, yes. and she deserves more coverage than she's getting. Uh, so we're, we've been talking a little bit about how Congress does not care about you. And we talk about that every well, week. We talk about that every week. Uh, Monday is going to be tax day. So happy tax day, everybody. I owed a lot of money because Donald Trump uh, decided that folks like us, Ryan and I, uh, we have to subsidize... You know the Marriott CEO who needs another yacht. I, I freaking hate those. Break out the guillotine, bro. Yeah. Uh, so Congress has decided they care more about TurboTax's lobbyists keeping those checks flowing than they care about you. They have directed the IRS to stop allowing and stop providing free filing services for certain categories of low income and average income. What folks. an awful thing to do. Uh, because what an money talks. awful thing to money do. Money talks. Um, Let's yeah. shift our focus a We've little a lot bit about more. Awful things going on domestically. Let's talk about some awful things that happened abroad. Yes. Uh, so in Israel, Israel, uh, they had a little bit of a election. Yes. And we talked. We alluded to this last week. It was. As, we said it was going to be probably bad. 
And it, in fact, it was. Uh-huh. Now, it wasn't as bad as it could have been, but it was still pretty damn bad. Basically, That's 2019 in a nutshell so far. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So our our favorite our favorite uh, he was uh, he currently was, under indictment. He, a demog- he was a demagoguing populist under indictment before being a demagoguing populist under indictment was cool. Is he? He basically this is Benjamin Netanyahu we're speaking about. He's basically in my mind the OG. If like Newt Gingrich yeah. was elected president, yeah, that's a pretty good like like just like an the awful cra- human crave, being like and crave purely in terms of staying in power the man is extremely secular he does not care about religion however uh his since his path to power is people who only care about religion sounds like a little someone else that we it's, know it's completely rela- oh it's almost like these situations are the pervert, history repeats like, itself the, the funhouse mirror the funhouse mirror version of each other um in exchange for them passing a law retroactively giving him immunity from indictment, he's going to give them literally everything they want, including dope. probably going... What? I said dope. Very dope. <laughs> extremely legal. Extremely Ex- cool. Extremely dope. Very kosher. <laughs> uh, bit, yeah, he's going to give every up to and including... Just like, let's just go for it. Let's just annex West Bank. Let's just do it and let's just... Hey, guys. Let's ban Let's ban all the reformed Jews. I Those just, aren't real I, Jews. I just imagine them like sitting on a on a yacht somewhere and they're like all just like smoking a cigar and when I'm just like they probably got high or something when I'm just like hey like what if we did a genocide? What if we just I mean And then BB's like yeah man genocide <laughs> sounds awesome. So they, be ready for that. He so this party the party we've t- we talked about uh, uh the 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 parties that the was banned up until recently when they've been brought back into the fold. Uh, they've been banned in the Israeli parliament ever since in the, in the mid nineties. Their name is, uh, Otz, I believe Otzma Yehuda, which literally translates to Jewish power. Sweet. Uh, super, super historic, super historically cognizant. Yeah. And not dope, at all. Like dope. an incredible perversion of the past. The five entire thousand, Jewish story. The past five. Thousand. Yeah. So, uh, so this party got banned or the pre- and its previous iteration and successors got banned in the mid '90s when one of their followers went into the cave of the patriarchs in Hebron uh, and massacred 25 plus Muslim worshippers. Uh, but Jewish nationalism wasn't a problem back then. Yeah. Uh, so and BB said, "This know, is insane. They've been banned for long enough, and this is my one of my more vi- viable paths to voting. I'm going to bring them back. Uh, those folks are going to be in the governing coalition. This now. reminds me of like this reminds me of like if if like." When you're a kid, like yeah. the Power Rangers defeated like the worst villain, yeah. and then like, then the Power Rangers were like, and then they were, and then no, and then somebody was like, "Yo, what if we brought back Zed?" And like, and then they just did it for no reason. Like they were like, "Well, we need uh, we need a spaceship." Yeah, and they're like, "What if we brought back Zed? He has a spaceship." And then like, yeah. oh, and we also we also happen to rule over like these four million putty men who yeah. are reproducing faster than we are and are demographically going to outpace us so we need to make sure that we don't let them vote or leave god or, oh how about this one yeah. uh moving away from israel uh which a lot of palestinian people would love to do <laughs> and um, a lot of a lot of young american jews are like uh maybe maybe we have to <laughs> yeah yeah um eu leaders have yes. agreed to delay brexit until october 31st Coincidentally, this week marked the 21st anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement that brought a tentative political peace to Northern Ireland, which now faces an existential threat due to... Brexit. 
So enjoy it while you can, folks. Oh, we're just oh, we're doing it big. Uh, it's the, this is a sign, you know, all over the world. People, the people, you know, uh, voters who do not think very critically and sort of that's most of them, right? Uh, and that combination of low information and high nationalism. Uh, it's a great recipe for war and genocide. Yeah, like just say, and like, authoritarianism. The, the the Brexit folks like. How exactly do you see this ending? And same question to the same question to uh, the, the the hardcore Jewish nationalists. Like, you remember a little country called Rhodesia, right? Or like, and then to the people who want like a one state binational, like let's all kumbaya. You remember a little country called Yugoslavia, and like, but hey, we'll be forgetting. You know, uh, we'll have. 2020 is going to be amazing. We're going to have probably the third intifada and the troubles are also probably going to start again. This is like... And right-wing demagogues continue to gain power all over the world. This, it literally feels like the entire world's falling apart. Yeah. Uh, so, which brings us to our next topic. Yes. An article by Mr. Luke O'Neill. That's oh. at Luke O'Neill, uh, O-N-E-I-L 47 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Give him a subscription. He posted a blog post titled... I hate what they've done to almost everyone in my family. The story, the story of the 2019 Auburn Final Four. <laughs> um, his site is called Welcome to Hell World, which is oddly fitting. Let me just read the opening. Um, yes. The opening of this article. This I hate very, what they've this done is very personal to, to almost everyone in my family. This piece is about, quote, a sore spot for me, which is feeling like you've lost a piece of your loved ones to Fox News brain cancer. I don't know anything aside from this one thing, which is that Fox News has stolen something from all of us. Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly and the rest have kidnapped and brainwashed many of our otherwise lovely and kind family members. I love my mother. She's one of the kindest and sweetest people you'll ever meet. She's a survivor of domestic abuse and a very strong woman for that, and I would be nothing without her. She's a good person, and as far as I can tell, not racist, and I've never heard her say anything overtly terrible, politically speaking, like the type of thing you might hear from white nationalists like Tucker Carlson or Hannity, but I do know that she has watched those motherfuckers on TV a lot over the years, perhaps every day, and, well, you can't be subject to that sort of thing for too long without it rubbing off on you. As such, my mom and I have agreed to not talk about politics anymore, because I always werewolf into the type of pedant who turns Christmas into the 25th of shit but sometimes she'll say something she thinks is safe and innocuous and my bullet time poster brain will slow down and see intuitively it's some Fox News inspired talking point. And so it makes me want to not talk about anything to avoid any sort of disagreement. And then I keep it all inside, which is a condition known as being Massachusetts Irish trash, which is what we are. That is my story, Josh. Like exactly. Minus, uh, minus the quilts in Massachusetts part. <laughs> yeah. Massachusetts Irish trash, like that's, uh, I get that. I understand that cultural pathology. It's for a sure. strong, it's a strong pathology. Yeah. Uh, like, was uh, uh, this like this? I like I can't. All right. So a few weeks ago, quoting just quoting quoting Sigmund Freud. Actually, quoting the Departed. Quoting Sigmund Freud. You know what Freud said about the Irish? What? They are the only people who are impervious to psychoanalysis. I I heard the other quote, which is, "Why did God invent whiskey to keep the Irish from taking over the world?" Um. <laughs> Which is also part of send, my family send story. Your, send your angry tweets to... Send that's your blue, angry. That's Blue Hoy, Ryan. I'm 99% Irish. I don't Boy. care. Uh, so the reason why this resonates so deeply with me yeah. is because uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I don't know how many of our listeners know, but uh, I was back on the mainland for my grandfather's funeral. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. to a real one. R.I.P. I love that man. Uh, I'm actually... I share a middle name with him, Summers. Uh, he's Robert S. I'm Ryan S. So Robert... RS, we both have the first two middle initials. It's like 
very influential person in my life. Um, that's why Josh was doing some solo episodes for a few weeks. Oh, they were great. They were fr- freaking great. Um, so the reason why this hits home is that my grandfather and a lot of you, uh, probably none of you know this. He was a, actually a pretty world famous scientist in his field. Um, he and some colleagues invented a field of veterinary medicine called theriogenology, which is, uh, the process of, uh, manipulating the reproductive cycle of large uh cattle so basically every bit of of every bit of uh a lot of it's artificial actually artificial insemination so like every bit of meat produced today is pretty much made with the techniques that like my grandfather pioneered right so and so factory farming destroying the world yeah, I'm not going to, yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that, was, that was unfair. Please well, continue. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but, you know, who could have known back then? <laughs> so he's a brilliant man. Sure. I mean, he was top of his class in yeah. high school. He Understood was the scientific method. Top well, of his class yeah. in, uh, at Oklahoma State. He was top of his Go class Cowboys. in vet school. Like, yeah. top of his class. Like, he had a 10-page curriculum vitae yeah. of things he'd published. I mean, brilliant man. Yeah. And I watched... As over the last 30 years of his life, Fox News and right-wing media stole every bit of joy from him. Yeah. The world is ending. The brown people are coming. They're going to take all your money. So he had emphysema. So he he largely stayed inside for the last 15 years because he couldn't get too active or, you know, it would mess with his breathing. And I watched him wither physically and also mentally and emotionally as exactly you're exactly right as you know obama became a uh socialist secret muslim as fear fear gets people to tune in the caravan was coming to take over the world i watched i mean every single right-wing nut job conspiracy hillary sold uranium absolutely absolutely i heard we had to talk about that like every single one and i watched this man who is brilliant like one of the most, maybe one of the most brilliant people that ever lived. I, like this guy lost his ability to think critically and he was robbed of that. And He's, he was robbed of it for no other purpose other than to sell ad space yeah. for my pillow and catheters. Yeah. Like, and buy gold. Rupert Murdoch. And survival planning. Absolutely robbed. Killed your grandfather. My grandfather yeah. of his joy yeah. over the last 30 years of his yeah. life. Um, I'm sorry. And man. that's my story. Like yeah. I... It got to There's the point a, where we, we couldn't have those conversations about politically engaging things. I yeah. mean, somebody told a story at his at his uh at his funeral, one of his students did, and this dovetails nicely with the toxic uh, nature of evangelicalism. Yeah. Um one of his stories uh was it was an Indian guy, and he was the first ever Indian large animal veterinary uh grad student at Auburn University where my grandfather taught Warrior Eagle. Eagle. And my grandfather insisted that he be his student like because he this is in the, the 60s yeah. like my grandfather grandpa was very uh anti-racist anti-racist he married a japanese woman like yeah, yeah very anti-racist but and no so uh the grad student tells a story of whenever he passed his uh when he defended his thesis my grandfather came up to his dorm room uh and said hey let's go to the bar i'm gonna your first two drinks are on me yeah. first two like scotches or whatever at the end of his life, my grandpa would have sworn that drinking alcohol was a sin. He would have sworn that 
brown people and white people Shouldn't had mix. just fundamental differences where it would make things harder for you to be friends. He still wasn't very, very racist. Yeah. Not outwardly racist, yeah. but more in the, the innately systemic racist. The demography is destiny. The like, model it's, minority, it's culture, probably. Culture is the reason, not like the fact that like the past 500 years, yeah. well, the past like 1500 years of world history totally. is what it is, right? And so like somebody told this story at his funeral and yeah. I'm like listening to this and comparing it against the man that I saw at the yeah. end of his life where he chastised my little brother for bringing a six pack of beer home one night. Oy. And I'm like, this is like, this is Rupert Murdoch's fault. This was vacuum. Like your, your ability to enjoy life was vacuumed out of your soul by yeah. Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so anywho, O'Neill's blog post, you know, just to your point about your story, uh, millions of people all over America have these stories. Uh, O'Neill's blog post turned into a follow-up in New York Mag. What I've learned from collecting stories of people whose loved ones were transformed by Fox News. Uh, here, just some key passages. I was raised by a strong pro-choice feminist mother who now tells me cute stories that happen on The Five, the shitty Fox daytime show. She loves Trump and thinks abortion should be illegal after six weeks. Depressing doesn't even cover it. For at least one person, it marks the final memory he'll ever have of his father. When I found my dad dead in his armchair, Fox News was on the TV. It's likely the last thing he saw. I hate what that channel and conservative talk radio did to my funny, compassionate dad. He spent the last years of his life increasingly angry, bigoted, and paranoid. I lost an uncle to Fox Brain. He was a, he was a middle school teacher in a small upstate New York town, was on the board of the teachers' union, and a big labor guy. After he retired, he started thinking unions were for lazy people and talked a lot about how the government gives free stuff to immigrants who come here illegally. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about my student debt, and, if he, and he said that if I was an illegal, the government would take care of that for me. It sucks. There was one reader who read of his Puerto Rican uncle becoming a Fox News junkie and turning on his own people, as he put it in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. Quote, he was literally sitting in the dark and still defending Trump, which seemed a metaphor almost too on the nose. Oof. Uh, this is the kicker, this passage from the New York Mag piece. This kind of distills the whole thing. One woman told me about her mother, who has stopped talking to her since becoming convinced Democrats are murdering children. It wasn't always this way, she explained. Her mother had been a Democrat until 2008, and then something switched. A lot of the stories echoed that turning point. There was something about Obama that seemed to make a lot of previously apolitical or moderate family members lose their minds. Gosh, what could it have possibly been? This, I think, is where the channel's genius lies. Any salesperson or con artist will tell you that you can't incept a thought in a Mark's mind out of nowhere. You have to find the hook that's already there, fear or desire, and exploit it. And when it comes to exacerbating and honing the anxieties of aging Americans, you can't do much better, or worse, than race and immigration. And taking away their social security and health care, which is exactly yeah. what the GOP did. Yeah. So Devil's Advocate, many folks have been saying this on Twitter, people like Bomani Jones, for example, and I'm not, I'm not meaning to it's okay. dis disparage your grandfather. This is the devil's advocate. Uh, maybe your parents were just racist the entire time. And if this is not a cop-out, this is your way of rationalizing it after the fact. Similar to, for example, you know, the sheriff's son in Louisiana who they've accused of burning down three historical black landmark churches. The news immediately said, well, it's unclear what the motivation is, but he does listen to a lot of black metal, which is very anti-religious. You, uh, you know, I... When it comes to that, like I, I don't doubt that there that there is like hook, latent as latent says, hooks. Yeah, hook I into. I don't doubt that. Like yeah. everybody has biases, yeah. and we we understand that. But you can track, 
Uh, I think Bomani Jones, number one, he's he's a sports writer. He's a great sports writer, but he's a sports writer, so he's probably not looking into like the social statistics and data and things like that. Hashtag stick to sports. Hashtag shut up and dribble. <laughs> is what you're is what you're saying? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying like I'm saying this is on this is on Twitter. Like yeah. he he probably didn't do a deep dive into like yeah. the public opinion surveys you know what i mean like he's just like he's a black man like, who's been a probably oppressed like, in some form or another yeah, his entire like, oh, life okay like, yeah, yeah white folks yeah Tell exactly me more about it. it's it's really the media's exactly, fault. Like, exactly. oh i'm so sure Which no is fair. I'm, I'm and i i like i'm saying i don't think that i don't think that that's entirely invalid like i do think that there was something there like my grandfather and i was going to bring this up like he voted for barry goldwater like he was super conservative yeah. like it, it never that never changed but um it wasn't so much it wasn't so much that the hooks were there yeah it was the weaponization of the hooks yeah. if that makes sense and i think yeah. that's what and and i think that sort of lands on both sides of the point for to bomani's point and to mine which is that like this did steal something from him yeah. like it did turn these people into something yeah. that they weren't like a like the difference, outwardly. Between, the difference between a benign tumor and a malignant tumor exactly and I, so I, I would agree with him. Like, yeah, there's something there, but like you can't argue that things have changed. Like a couple of presidents ago, if a guy was caught like paying off a porn star, we would have impeached him. Like yeah. Nixon just or, recorded his adversaries yeah. and had to resign any in one disgrace. Of, any one of the like, and not just the, the complete lack of shame now that justified uh, any of the behavior of any of the cabinet members, like they sure. all would have been gone by now. Sure. The and it's it, the the shamelessness and the whataboutism, the the partisan media yeah. has allowed that to happen. Like that's well, like whatever he's doing, Democrats would be worse. Democrats would kill babies. Like it is okay. We can live with. Yeah. This. And so I think that's why I'm like I disagree with with Bomani on that. Even though I think he's a great writer, he's the man. But he's I don't. A, he's a cool dude. I don't think that he's that he nailed it on that exact point. Fair. So. Fair. Okay. Um, well, this has been a depressing. Uh, well, folks, I mean, you know, the the being being clear eyed about the state of the world can often be quite depressing. Yeah. Um, uh, we were supposed to have a wonderful guest today. Yes, we'll have to we'll have to save. We're going to reschedule them. Yes. Uh, for a different time. Yes. Uh, they were they were violently ill this morning, uh, and we don't want to be violently ill ourselves. No. So we encourage Try, them not to I, come. I because I'm a moron. Uh, I signed up to run a half marathon tomorrow morning. Uh, so oh. I, I am also... Do you know how many miles that is? That is 13.1 miles. Yeah. Let's go. It's, it's going to be okay until that last point one. That's where I'm really going to suffer. <laughs> you, have you ever seen the ones where they like run and then like their legs stop and they just like sort of stumble? It looks yeah. like a baby deer on ice. Oh, yeah. Or, or That's like, not going to be you. No. Or you see people... You're going to stride through that finish line like a confident gazelle. People running and you can see through the shirt like their nipples have been bleeding. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wear some Aquaphor yeah. and some... Like I'm a Vaseline, Vaseline, everything. Vaseline and then like band aids. Yeah. yeah. Um. The people who the people who poo themselves. <laughs> who poo themselves? Yeah. Oh, I never heard about this. Oh, you've you carb loading today? I well, I I did eat an entire uh, family sized bag of flaming hot Cheetos for charity yesterday. So that's, that's my carb loading. Disgusting. It's, it truly was. That is disgusting. You want to know the really perverse thing about my work that organized this charity? So this is the fundraiser to kick to cap off. Uh, the, the, this week of the of the fundraising trip, they made you eat them through your butt. It's not as perverse as that. It's oh. still pretty perverse. This was a fundraiser for the Hawaii Food Bank. Nah, yeah, make yourself make yourself sick off of eating the diet of poverty. Of eating, <laughs> <laughs> spicy poverty. Spicy poverty. Taste now you know the spice, the spice of poverty, the zest of poverty, the heat. 
Uh, I could feel it. I could feel the like flaming hot Cheeto dust in my pores oh, afterwards. Like, like that's the grossest thing yeah. I've ever heard. Let's, Let's do, do some, some shoutouts. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you kick us off, Josh? Yes. Oh, shout out to. So we haven't talked about it. I don't think you're ready to talk about it. College basketball is over. Screw college basketball. It's dead to us. I'm never gonna watch it again. Yeah. We'll see, we have got we've got a great sports chat coming up next week. That's right. Friends of the show, Peter Boylan and Danny Cupchoy are coming you know back for the them. second annual sports cast. I think we'll have to talk about it by then. Are yeah. You, okay. We'll give you another week to process. Okay. To process everything. But professional basketball, we like that. Yeah. Uh, the NBA playoffs kicking off today. Yeah. Shout out to Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, and Magic Johnson, all concluding <laughs> concluding their NBA careers in slightly different circumstances uh. this week. Uh, Magic. I would love to, like... Who thought that Magic Johnson would be good at that job? Like, I mean, no, it, what it, experience did he have that would make you go, like, the idea, this guy can do the job? It's kind of like his job with the Dodgers is, like, ambassador, right? Goodwill brand ambassador. All you have to do is be like, I'm Magic Johnson. But he was VP of player personnel, right? Yeah. Like, he he had a pretty important well, title. And then he's like, I'm out. I'm not about this life. Uh, yeah, he's, is, like, you know, he's like, this sucks. Dude, when Magic Johnson leaves your organization... Yeah, Kobe's gonna take over. LeBron, and LeBron's here, just like, well, looking forward to Space Jam too, everybody. Oh, so you know, goats going out this week. Did you hear uh, Charles Barkley telling the story about trying to recruit Dirk to come to Auburn? I re- I've heard it before that he like so he was so over. He saw him in Germany yeah, or something. So, um, uh, him, Scottie Pippen, and a couple other like '90s. These are like this is the, like all world like NBA '90s players. OGs. Yeah, yeah, the '90s OGs are on a tour through Europe. And they're playing a team of like miscellaneous German pros, a doubleheader. Uh, this is this is I think Scotty Scotty Pippen, if not having just won the Defensive Player of the Year, was considered like the best defender in the NBA at this point. And Dirk dropped fifty on him. Yo, I mean like the NBA team still won because yeah. they're the NBA team. Yeah, sure. Uh, so after the thing, Charles Barkley is like, like. Get give me your name. Give hey me your man, info. you need to come to Auburn. Like get Nike. That's like, pretty get good. This. That was a good Barkley oh. impression, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. Uh, if anybody is going to accuse us, you know, you know how I've you know, met Charles Barkley several I, times. PC, you know how PC people are. Yeah, like you, you can't, can't you can't, you can't impersonate a black person. You're, just, you're doing black voice. Yeah. Oh, God. No, but so so he's like, you're gonna come to Auburn. It's gonna be wonderful. And Dirk and his representatives said, oh, sorry, he has to go into the army. You're like, man, he's seven foot. He's not going to the army. <laughs> uh, oh, while we're. So, Go ahead. So he said, if if if, he's, if Dirk had come to Auburn, we would have wrapped up that championship a long time ago. Bruh. Which they probably would have. Like, can you imagine? Dirk, Dirk at Auburn? Have, yeah. During you those you years? Been turned on, you would have been turned on to basketball a lot earlier, that's for sure. I'd have been turned on my entire life if Dirk came to Auburn. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of Auburn, yeah. former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville is running for Senate. Ooh, are you going to vote for him? In Alabama. Ab- abs- move home absentee. Hashtag MAGA. He did, he did drop the He's hashtag. running against Doug Jones. Doug Jones, please win. <laughs> He's not going to. He's not going to. Yeah. Literally, they could have nominated, if they nominated. In like a real election. A literal not a, not a child ro- molester not only Roy lost special, by two points. Yeah, not a Roy Moore special election, like a real yeah. straight up election. Anybody with any semblance of name recognition. It's not he, even name recognition. It's just it's like. Whoever's got the R next to their name. And it's not like. Child molester. Offensive. So even even like the hardcore roll tide, like. Oh, yeah. People are going to be like, okay, I'll vote for the Auburn coach. Over Doug Jones? Yeah. Over a Democrat? Yeah. They'll does come it help, together. Does it help that. So he won. Did he. he Was was he there for Cam? Who who was the coach for Cam's first? Gene Shizik. Okay. So so Tommy Tuberville didn't win anything, really. 
I mean, 2004 undefeated team. They got screwed out of playing for the national championship. But like, not wherein the, USC shellacked Oklahoma. Yeah, not to the. That point, was the best football team that had ever been assembled at that point. Not, we not, had three picks okay, in the first this, round. That's not the relevant that year. Not to the point where like any four picks actually. Not to the point where any Alabama fans would be like salty like. I can't vote for that guy. He rubbed it. He rubbed our shit in it. No, he did. He did. He won six in a row over Bama, yeah. and then he he made a big point about All right, holding Bama up folks. six fingers. Bama folks, you know what to do. Doug Jones, don't vote Tommy. Go roll, Doug Jones. Roll tide. Roll tide. Also, roll, roll uh, Doug. Shout out to everyone holding the line this week yes. uh, against Alexander and Baldwin and the water drama at the legislature. Oligarchy is a hell of a drug. <laughs> we'll have more on this in our post ledge wrap up. But uh, as friend of the show June Shin said on Facebook. Land and power in Hawaii is not meant to be an instruction manual. No kidding. No kidding. We'll get into that. June's a cool dude. Yeah. Good guy. Friend of the show. RIP. Sending a shout out to Jojo Peter, a prominent local Chukis activist who organized for Micronesian civil rights and disability rights. I had the I had the fortune, the good fortune of meeting him when we were at UH when we were doing a screen. Remember Island Soldier movie I we talked recall. about? He came down. He gave a little like uh, little intro talk. Super cool dude. Anita Hofschneider, hopefully soon to be friend of the show, keeps ducking our interviews. That's fine. <laughs> she wrote a very nice obituary in Civil Beat. Uh, Peter co-founded numerous organizations to help the Micronesian community in Hawaii and beyond, including the one-stop center We Are Oceania, uh, Kofa Can, which is a local advocacy group, and Kofa Clan, a national advocacy group. Peter's doctoral dissertation recounted the struggles of Chuki's families who sought health care in Hawaii for their disabled children. And with his appointment to the Hawaii Civil Rights Commission, Peter became the first citizen of a COFA, that's the Compact of Free Association. Uh, flashback to hashtag being Micronesian, our chat with Shaw last, last year, season one. Go check it out if you have any questions about this or it's unclear to you. Uh, the, he became the first citizen of a COFA nation to serve on any Hawaii state board or commission. It's legit. He's RIP, a real one. RIP to a real one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Any any final shout outs? Any other things? Anything we need to yeah, I just talk wanna, about recognize this week? You know, somebody uh, yesterday asked, yeah. how do I subscribe to the podcast? And so I pulled it up on their podcast app on yeah. their Apple iPhone. Yeah. And I saw that we had ratings. Uh-oh. We had 30. We've been rated 30 times. If you're listening to at this point in the show, please rate us on iTunes. Five I mean, stars. 30 is great. Five stars. Uh, but just seriously, like five stars. Keep more than 30 is even better. Um, so 30 ratings, um, 29 five stars, Uh-oh. one four star. At least it wasn't one one star. So if you, know, like you one person is just a hater. are the guy that gave us a four star, lower your standards. We're going to shit on your grave. We're going to come. If, if I find out it was you that gave us four stars, may God have mercy on your soul because I what will is, not. What is best in life? I to destroy your enemy. I, we to have will, their women driven before you. Or to, we will, we will find you, and we will. The things that we do are unspeakable. We will, we will violate the Geneva Convention. I'll tell you will, that. We will salt your earth. We will drink your blood. We will cover you in salt, and pickle you alive. That's all I have to say about that. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, uh, like, what a tag, che- what share. A cheery episode. Yeah, find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook at Blue Hawaii Pod. Pretty much everywhere on everywhere you get your social media. The Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Sanex. <laughs> uh, everybody, thank you again for another wonderful week of listening, and yep. we'll try to do better next week. We'll try to do better next week. We can't say the same for our leaders and whoever gave us a four star. Aloha.
Good Good life. Life.